It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. I just can't believe what is happening to uh, public education. The latest in politics and world affairs. We are now using policy that if you don't affirm something, that they use policy then to take away your businesses. Today's current opinions and ideas. Kids are just being bombarded with darkness. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. You know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Woo-woo! Indeed, it is hump day. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured and valued. You have purpose today, my friends. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. You were made for this moment. We are in the third founding of our country. We are in a great awakening. It's an exciting time. It's a scary time. But uh, we are here, and we each have to step into our our time in history. And I get to work with this great team, and that is producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crowd Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday to you, Producer Steve. A.K.A. Wonderful Wednesday. You know, my, my mind works in weird ways. We hear, we have the Wednesday open running, and I'm doing a last-minute look, panic look at the board, making sure that it says Wednesday. <laughs> you mean as fast as time's going? Yeah. I know. I know. It is hard to believe. Each day is, uh, there's just so much to do. And, uh, and time is so precious. My dad always said to me, Steve, that each of us has 24 hours in a day, and we decide what we do with those minutes. And um, I think in some ways we are not teaching our kids uh, how precious each moment is. And, of course, when I look at what's happening in the school day, uh, with uh, instead of teaching our kids how to read and write and do arithmetic and, and science and history and civics and critical thinking, and there may be some of that in there, but so much of the school day in our public schools now are, is being focused on uh, CRT or iterations thereof. And basically, it's the uh, teaching that uh, putting people in groups, first of all, instead of recognize the individuality of each each child, but putting kids in groups, identifying those groups as one's an oppressor, one's a victim, try to pit those groups against each other. And that is being taught in our, our public schools, as well as sexualizing our children. And uh, it's just remarkable that we are, are wasting time on that. Our kids are falling behind because of that. And of course, because of the COVID Wuhan China virus um, shutdowns. So anyway, that wasn't where I was headed on everything. But um, check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You will get first look at all of our upcoming guests, as well as our recent essays, our recent podcasts. Everything then goes over and sits uh, on the website. And then you can email me at Kim at com as well. And I'm just a little bit behind on emails, but I'm pretty close. I'll be hopefully getting those caught up today and tomorrow. Uh, but I love hearing from you. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And remember, my friends, it's never compassionate. Uh, many times uh, taking people's stuff is couched in quote-unquote compassion. But it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood via force. And this is the way they do it. It, it used to be, well, and it still is in some cases, but with a weapon. 
so a robber comes up and says, give me your stuff, uses a weapon. But there's the, the quieter ones, the policies, the unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, inflation, and then these policies that are being pushed forward uh, by the global elites. It's uh, really taking away the opportunity of the American middle class, which everybody in the world would like to be part of the American middle class, where they were basically the king over their own lives instead of some king uh, over over their lives. And uh, so anyway, I, I think that's important. You want to comment on that before I get to our quote of the day, uh, Producer Steve? We recently did two recordings. Uh and the who is not important here and now, what I'm saying is that, but both of the gentlemen made the same very point that you just made, that it, the everything that is besieging us here and now is not the result of a natural disaster, not a result of a war in this hemisphere. It's all policy. It is all policy. And uh, we need to, I was thinking about it before we went on the air, that that is what we need to be talking with our friends, our family, and our colleagues about. Uh, so we'll talk about that in just a moment. Let me get to this this quote of the day. And this is by, let's see, where do I have it here? Steve, I got all my, pee. I sound like Rush Limbaugh here with all my little quotes. Hold on here. We need a sound here effect of paper shuffling. How's that? Okay, here we go. This is by Henri Frédéric Amiel. He was born in 1821. He died in 1881. He was a Swiss critic, and he was unsuccessful and unnoticed during his life. But the posthumous publication of his journal, In Time, in 1883, aroused great interest, and it is a document of a scrupulous self-observation. And he said this, he said, It is not what he has, nor even what he does, which directly expresses the worth of a man, but what he is. And I was looking at character quotes, and I thought that was pretty great, Steve. Well, that, in my thinking, it took me directly to Matthew fifteen eleven, where Jesus says, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. In other words, what he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's another thing in uh, classical liberal education is you kick the, kick the tires on the idea of what is character. And uh, we're looking at the character of our nation. Uh, and, of course, this uh, Supreme Court decision regarding uh, Roe v. Wade. And it doesn't outlaw abortion in the United States, but it pushes that decision back to the states, which is where it's supposed to be from a Constitution standpoint. But it is really testing our character on who we are. It's been almost 50 years, is that right, Steve, uh, since Roe v. Wade. And, um, yep. you know, you kind of take a look at the last 50 years, the character of our nation has uh, has gone down. And so that's why I really feel that we are in a gut check right now. We are in a, a great uh, awakening, and it's a gut check on who we really are. And so this abortion question is uh, certainly a very important question. Push this back to the states. Of course, we see the, the radical law, the 1279 that was passed here in Colorado regarding uh, abortion. But that means that we here in Colorado must engage even more in this battle of ideas and make the case for, uh, and Patty and I were talking about it yesterday, is the different and the, the different parties right now, you can see just the the real difference. The, the one party is the party of life. The other party is the party of anti-life. The one party is one of creativity 
innovation, opportunity, where people, and, and interestingly, the Republican Party has become the party of the uh, middle class, of the working class. And then, of course, the elites are over here on the on the Democrat side. This Democrat Party is not the party of JFK a- at all. This is a party that's been taken over by radical activists who, uh, what they're looking at is scarcity, shortages, destruction, death. And I, I got to say, most people are not going to choose that, but the veil is off. And so it is a tremendous opportunity as we engage in this battle of ideas, Steve. Yes, uh, agreed. And I, (laughs) this is a bad segue, and I got a phone call here when I least needed it. Okay. Um, (laughs) Because I thought it might be your guest, and it's not. Okay. Um, Okay. At any rate, and we do love hearing from people. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, call, yeah, call-ins are three at uh, the last segment of the second hour. Yeah. But we love hearing from you. At any rate, I was, you know, in advance, uh, warning, not warning, but notification that, you know, the president was to uh, talk yesterday at, at 1130 Eastern about, you know, what his new approach would be for the, um, you know, dealing with inflation. And I thought, after hearing bits and pieces of it, I thought, oh, my gosh, not once did he acknowledge any ownership of any part of it and yet kept on passing the buck to all the different places, uh, you know, that were really responsible. Well, it is it, it's squarely with him and those policies uh, that is creating this Biden inflation that we're seeing. And Steve, did you see this? This was breaking news. Uh, the Kentucky Derby winner, Rich Strike and jockey Sonny Leone, uh, turned down a meeting with Joe Biden and asked why. Leon said, if I wanted to see a horse's rear end, I would have uh, come in second. I saw <laughs> that. And then I, I really, I admire their pluck because, sure, I would have come in second if I wanted to see that. And- <laughs> I, um, yes, I, somebody sent that meme over yesterday. And so I had to send it to you and the team because um, it certainly got my funny bone. Well, Quickly, you know, to oh, go to yeah? that point, I was going to use that as a segue to talk about Biden's talk yesterday. But uh, my last conclusion after watching that was that feckless. And I had to make sure I looked it up to make sure I had the right word. Ineffective and incompetent. Well, and it's and I think that the left will try to make uh, as this continues on, we'll try to hang that on Biden. But it's Biden and all of the handlers. It's Biden and those policies. It's the bad Democrat policies on that. And uh, so we are need to work very hard on this uh, 2022 election and. People need to show up. It really matters. This particular election. The other thing is and and. um it, it took me a little while to figure this out because, but this whole reaching across the aisle, as there are Republicans that have not stood on principle and they've reached so far across the aisle that they're standing on the other side. And on a national level, you could look at Murkowski or Collins, um, but it happens here as well. So, but um, I want to get to the bill of the day. Oh my gosh, today, Steve, it is the last day of the Colorado legislative session. And in some ways, we uh, have a sigh of relief, which is true, because that means there's not going to be additional legislation after today. 
but also they have unleashed all kinds of new bureaucracies, all kinds of new government that will be working to take away your money through taxes and fees. Will be working to take away your uh, opportunity, your uh, you know your right to go after your opportunities. Those um, bureaucratic agencies are all in place. And what Susan Kochevar said. Was it just yesterday? I tell you, the time goes by. But yeah. what she said is, because we were talking about term limits, is that there should be term limits on bureaucrats. And I love that. So people working for government, you instead of a career working for government, uh, that if you're, you, you would work maybe four, six, maybe, you know, let's just say six years. And then you can't go and work in government uh, again, for maybe a certain amount of time. But I really like that. So instead of term limits on our electeds, because what happens is you, is, is uh, then you might, you know, term out somebody that was really good. Uh, let's have term limits on these bureau- bureaucrats. Can you say Anthony Fauci? Wouldn't it be nice if he had a term limit on him? So, but quickly, I wanted to get to this bill of the day. And we have talked a lot about, and there was a number of mental health bills that have come through, and this is another one of them. It's a House Bill 22-1278, a Behavioral Health Administration. So another bureaucracy. And is government really supposed to be in uh, behavioral health? That's the next question. No, that is not the proper role of government. And it does have bipartisan support. Representatives Mary Young, Democrat, and Rod Pelton, Republican. I've met Rod. I really like him. Uh, and Senators Pete Lee and Cleve Simpson. But, my friends, we have to ask, is this really the proper role of government? Do we really want to have a bureaucratic agency that is unaccountable to the people, living off of taxes uh, in the the mental health um, arena? And I, I know we're going to get to Dr. James Lyons-Weigler here in just a moment, but I want to read this last paragraph that was from the Journal Advocate. It says, uh, Coloradans deserve easy access to the behavioral health care they need to maintain their health and well-being. But far too many folks are left with limited or no options for help, Lee said in a statement from Senate Democrats. Assessing our behavioral health system can be complex and difficult, which is why we're pushing for the creation of a behavioral health administration to help streamline services people for people with mental health conditions and substance use disorders. With this bill, we will be able to ensure accessible equitable, and high-quality care for all. Says Pelton and Young also sponsored House Bill 22-1214 related to changes to the behavioral health crisis response requiring minimum standards of service, which has advanced to the governor. Pelton and Sonnenberg were among sponsors for House Bill 22-1369, legislation directing the Department of Early Childhood to contract with a Colorado-based nonprofit entity to provide children's mental health programs. It passed the Senate 34 to 1 and additionally was supported by the House 52 to 11. Now, from a political standpoint, it would be difficult to vote against something that would be uh, a children's mental health program, but do we really want government contracting with a third party to be in charge of our children's uh, mental health? My friends, this is dangerous, uh, dangerous places to go. And I know that there's uh, some well-meaning um, things behind this, but what was it uh, Milton Friedman that said the road to hell is paved with good intentions? This here in Colorado, I think, is very dangerous. Steve, do you have a quick comment you want to make before we go to break? Well, I, reading it this morning, uh, 
Concerning the creation of, and I stop right there. Here, I said, here we go. Here's the answer to every problem is more government. And all the things spelled out in it, as we discussed earlier, I can't believe they don't exist somewhere else. Right. As you, what did you say, the Department of uh, Redundancy Department? Is that what it is? Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, <laughs> okay. I tell you what, we're going to go to break. And um, before we do that, though, the show comes to you because of great sponsors. And one of those sponsors of both my shows is Hooters Restaurants. And they become business friends sponsors because it's really been a freedom story, which we're going to be getting on the, on the website by the end of the week. Uh, but uh, just want to let you know that... Um, it was something that happened when I was on city council, and it was really, again, a gut check on who we are. And so they've been really great sponsors of the show. Today is Wednesday, so it's Wings Day, and you buy 20 wings, you get 10 for free. And that um, is for to-go or dine-in. The girls are coming over tonight, Producer Steve, so we're going to have some of those great, crispy uh, lemon rub wings tonight. And uh, looking forward to uh, that. But let's go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Dr. Uh, James Lyons-Weiler. There, he is a new sponsor of the show as well. And uh, we're going to be spending a lot of time with some very important subjects, so stay tuned. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Medical freedom, patient choice, and informed consent are all staples of comprehensive health care. You'll find exactly that at Roots Medical, located in the Denver Tech Center, offering specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Functional, comprehensive primary health care. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Buying a gun alone doesn't make you safe. Recently, the team at Franktown Firearms has been working with a lot of beginners who just want to feel safe. Widows living alone who need to protect themselves. People with arthritis in their hands who may struggle to load or rack a handgun, depending on the model. Anyone can learn defensive shooting skills, and buying a gun is a great first step. But you need to know how to use it confidently. The team at Franktown Firearms encourages everyone to try out different guns on the range before purchasing. Right now, mention KLZ to receive a free hour on the range when you purchase a new firearm. Once you purchased your firearm, the team at Franktown advises you to sign up for one of their basic training courses or one-on-one instruction so you can become completely comfortable with that particular gun. Free gun rentals are included with private training lessons. Visit klzradio.com franktown now. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. 
Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And I thank all of you for supporting us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by really looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. On the line with me is Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. And uh, Dr. Jack is so con- so in tune with uh, what is happening on a public policy standpoint. Uh, we have him on regularly and a great new sponsor of the show as well. Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. I know it's early for you out there. Thanks for doing all you do. It's a uh, pleasure to be back. Well, uh, and right back at you. I'm looking at your Substack, Popular Rationalism. I don't know how you do it. Uh, you are are doing so much to bring truth and light to what is happening out there. And then, of course, you're the founder of the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge, and you've got a lot going on. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. First of all, popular uh, rationalism at Substack. Uh, you'd it'd be great if people signed up for that because they get. Um, notifications on that when you publish something new, correct? Yeah, that's my response to so many people writing to me saying, you know, Dr. Jack, what do you think about this? Or would you have more information on this topic or that topic? And in in particular, uh, it really ramped up about the time that our government decided, uh, various parts of our federal government decided that they were going to go for the vaccine mandates for, for access to work, access to school at a federal level, and that's when that's when the things I, um, the articles I was writing and the, and the topics I was discussing um, really took off. So went exponential because you know I've come to I've come to appreciate my own work as providing people with kind of a, a knowledge structure in their brains with, within which they can better interpret what's happening. There's so many different stories about how to interpret things. Uh, what's uh, what's conspiracies. Are, are likely to be real, but more importantly, um, how are things connected? How are the different issues connected? And what to, what to stay focused on? And so one of the most recent articles that I wrote, that I, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, is uh, the Substack. We really need to stay focused on what FDA is going to be doing in June with Moderna and Pfizer with respect to mandating the COVID-19 vaccines for kids under the age of five. And they did this about a month and a half ago, and they failed to have sufficient data, sufficiently convincing data, actually, uh, that there was any benefit to children under the age of five to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. They didn't have sufficient data exonerating it from safety concerns. And so they they fell back and they said, we'll revisit it in June. Well, what happens in June? You see, the school year is over. People are looking forward to their summer some people just check out. They go on vacation for two weeks or three weeks, whatever. And um, so they were going to revisit it in June. But in a month and a half, they're going to now be able to gin up some kind of data that actually shows that a vaccine that it targets an extinct virus, the Wuhan 1 virus, is effective against transmission and new cases and hospitalization in children under the age of five when we already know that that's not true for adults, right? So they can't possibly come up with any legitimate new data in a month and a half that says, oh, yes, look, this is this great new feature of this these old vaccines that are targeting the wrong virus. 
So we have to watch every move, and we have to let the FDA know that, you know, they're not going to be able to collude with Moderna and Pfizer and just pull the wool over our eyes. We know that the vaccine has no effect on the transmission, no effect on hospitalization rates. We know that it has zero positive effect now, in part because it's targeting an extinct virus. But worse than that, I'm, I'm censored on Twitter right now. I can't use Twitter because I'm months ago pointed to Dr. Fantini's results. Dr. Fantini is a research scientist with a huge team. He publishes in mainstream journals uh, that he pointed out that it looks like when you vaccinate against Wuhan 1, say against Delta or Gamma or Omicron, uh, you're trying to get protection against the, the newer strains, the vaccine antibodies actually interact with the viral protein, the spike protein in particular, and some raft proteins on the cell surface that, in a way that, that causes the virus to be better able to infect human cells through the ACE2 receptor. Okay, so that's, that's, anti, that's antibody-dependent um, enhancement. That, that's disease enhancement. That means that we should be seeing negative efficacy. And if you actually look at the data from Barnstable County in Massachusetts forward, and you actually look at the data out of Israel, we see negative efficacy, which means that the vaccine makes it more likely. I recently saw some more data that when they brought and, and no, the Just vaccine, clarify, so the vaccine makes it more likely to to get the virus? or To, to spread through the tissues of your body and create disease. So you're more okay. likely to have a disease enhancement. That's why it's called disease enhancement. You'll remember, you know, I, I, one of my one of my strengths is to see through the double speak, right? And we're going to talk about right. that when it comes to to another issue. But the the double speak was, well, wait a minute, we're going to call that immune enhancement. When in, in, when they tried to develop vaccines against the SARS-CoV-1 virus and the RSV virus and the, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome virus. They saw that the animals got sicker and died if they were vaccine, uh, vaccinated once, once they were exposed to uh, the virus. That's called disease enhancement. Somewhere between those studies and 2020, it became immune enhancement. So there were guys like Peter Hotez and Paul Offit and other people in public health that were calling it immune enhancement. Well, that's doublespeak. It's not immune enhancement. It's actually disease enhancement. The, the virus is better able to infect your cell. How is that immune enhancement? Immune enhancement is vitamin C and getting sunshine and giving people hugs and smiles and laughter and family. Okay, that's immune enhancement. So they, they changed the language to immune enhancement to put everybody to sleep. Don't look here. I called them out on it. I actually invented a new term called pathogenic priming in my study uh, published in April 2020 that, that has now been cited by uh, hundreds and hundreds of academics publishing in mainstream journals. My results were validated by Harvard University. They show that when, you are, <clears throat> when you're exposed to these viral proteins, you, you're more likely to develop autoimmunity. So we, the language is very important here. Now, how in the world are they going to gin up new data in a month and a half that looks convincing enough that the regulators can say, yeah, fair enough, good enough? Well, the way they're going to do it is they're going to replace everything on antibody levels, just antibody levels, not hospitalization, not deaths, not rates of transmission, not even rates of diagnosis. So there's no actual bona fide medical outcome here other than the fact that when you inject kids under the age of five with the vaccine, they create antibodies. Well, if you inject the kids with most things that are not, that are foreign to their body, 
they're going to create antibodies. That that is not impressive, and yet they have they changed the goalpost time and time and time again, weakening the level of evidence that's necessary for for, for approval. This is a FDA approval bid. This isn't emergency youth authorization. And I want to, I don't mean to put people to sleep this morning talking about science this way, but I want to be, people to understand if they succeed in a federal mandate for a vaccine, any vaccine for kids under the age of five, like the COVID vaccine, they will then have a precedent to mandate every vaccine in the pediatric schedule, whether you're in public school or not. And oh my that's gosh. why you need to stop this. I told you, it's about making connections between issues. This is what they're doing. You, everyone needs to contact the congressman and their senator and say, you can, you've got to call the FDA on my behalf and tell them to stand down on outright approval of this COVID-19 vaccine and tell them why. This is why I talk science to the public. Tell them that you know that the vaccine cannot possibly protect children from a disease they don't get. They, they cannot okay. possibly protect children from a disease that they don't die from. And all that they're going to measure is antibodies. And so when the congressmen and senators are given the assurance from the FDA, oh, but we, the data look good. We've got strong antibodies. Then you can then they'll be able to say, wait a minute, antibodies is just a, an arbitrary measure. You need to look at T cell, long term T cell protection, which the vaccine can't produce. We know that, too. Okay. Now, Dr. Jack, we're going to go to, but uh, one of the um, pieces that you have at Popular Rationalism, because I'm still trying to get my brain around, how do I write this exactly? And and I think there's information there if people need to sit and ruminate on it a bit, is you have that says the news cycles to shock and distract you, why you need to stay hyper-focused on the FDA for one month, and that's this month. So as people need more background on that, I think that would be helpful to go to that. I'm talking with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. You can find uh, much of his uh, writings on, on current events at Popular Rationalism at Substack. And he's the founder of the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge. He's a, a scientist um, who's really been at the forefront of informing the public about what has been going on with these uh, forced vaccines or mandated vaccines or co- coerced vaccines. I don't know what you want to call it exactly. Uh, actually, they're not vaccines. They're still emergency use authorization um, jabs. But anyway, we're going to go to break. Before we do that, uh, the show comes to you because of great sponsors, and of course, uh, with all your support as well. And Dr. James Lyons-Weiler and his uh, writings of popular rationalism at Substack is a great new partner of the show. But another one of those great partners is Kirsch Insurance Group. Uh, they're specialists in the Medicare arena and uh, government's involved in, in Medicare. So that means it's complicated. So it's great to have Kirsch Insurance Group on your side of the table. So Marlon, Danielle, Naomi, the whole team over there, they're there to help you. It doesn't cost you anything. Thing, but check out ikirsch.com. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com. And uh, they can certainly help you out with that. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with uh, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. 
Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com. And thank you to all of you who support us. On the line with me is uh, Dr. James Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. He is uh, the founder of the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge. Uh, you can find uh, all of his writings at Popular Rationalism at Substack. Dr. Jack, just I want to just hit this again, the double speak that um, the radical activists with these agendas, it, it really is a battle of the narrative. And when you talk about dis- disease enhancement, they're saying immune enhancement, but that is not the case. Because um, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that say that they're double vaxxed and boosted and then they say, I have COVID. And it's like, how did that happen? So it was not immune enhancement. It did not enhance their immunity. It looks like, and this is just a layman like me and looking at this, but in fact, it enhanced the opportunity for the disease, uh, for them to get the disease. Am I getting that right, Jack? You're getting that exactly right. So when the spike protein approaches the cell surface, it has to enter through the ACE2 receptor. And it does so based on standard biochemistry. The laws of thermodynamics determine how these proteins interact with each other. And what Dr. Fantini did was he modeled this computationally, and he found that with the Wuhan 1 protein, the spike protein approaching the human cell surface with ACE2 receptor, um, if you had Wuhan 1 antibodies, no problem. You didn't have... You didn't have um, enhanced cell entry. The same thing for the alpha variant. But after the beta variant in his models, and this is all peer-reviewed results, and it's out on YouTube, and Twitter doesn't want you to know about it. That's why I'm currently banned from Twitter. After beta, then you could have the potential for disease enhancement, this this enhanced cell entry. Uh, But we didn't have a vaccine on the planet at the time. The vaccine came into uh, being around the time of the Delta variant. And Fantini's position, Dr. Fantini's position, is that that caused the Delta variant to sweep through Europe. Why would it sweep through Europe if you're if the, the virus is more able to enter the cell? Well, number one, people have higher viremia, the, the number of virus particles in their in their cells and in their tissues and in their in their blood and in in their their um, mucus and so it's actually going to enhance the transmission and we see on the data and i've got articles on this and i've written to the cdc and i pointed out to them that their their own data 
show negative efficacy, which means that the people that are vaccinated have higher rates of infection and higher rates of transmission and higher rates of, of everything. And so when we actually look at it objectively, then they are left with, you, they can't look at hospitalizations, they can't look at transmission, because that's, that's going to show, give, give the game away. Instead, they only look at antibody production. And that antibody production is a weak measure. It's not even related to whether the vaccine is actually targeting those, are those antibodies appropriately targeting the virus particle and uh, taking the sting out of the, out of the infection. It doesn't take the sting out of the virus. It actually helps it into the cell. I'm not saying that's intentional because it certainly happened with SARS-CoV-1. It certainly happened with RSV where children died after being exposed to the RSV virus after getting vaccinated. Well, guess what? How many people have died from COVID who were vaccinated? They need to shut this down. But they're going to try to approve it for kids under five. And, and if it wasn't bad enough right, to motivate you to get on the phone, email, whatever, walk down the street, knock on your congressman's door, right? Say no to the FDA. Don't do this. These kids don't have COVID right now. And I have made a public prediction recently that when we start vaccinating hundreds of millions of kids around the world in the United States, uh, we're going to see cases of COVID for the first time in these children. We're going to see hospitalizations. You're going to see kids on ventilators. They're going to Whoops, did we lose him for just a minute, Steve? I think that we did. Uh, so we've got to get Dr. James Lyons-Weiler back yes, on here. let me get him back in here. Uh, okay. I Well, while we're doing that, somehow we lost the line there. My friends, I'm, I'm listening to Dr. Jack talk about this. And so, okay, let's connect the dots from layman terms. How many of us know people or are people that have been double-vaxxed and boosted and have gotten COVID. And what it looks like to me, Dr. Jack is saying is that if you've gotten all of these, um, uh, you know, this disease enhancement, and if, if we connect that dot, it looks like that's the case. Then why on earth would we have the FDA? Why could we let the FDA uh, approve that we would let little kids, that it'd be mandated that little kids get this, vaccine if in fact it enhances the opportunity for them to get the disease that is extremely problematic the other thing that we have seen with a, a, a different legislation here in colorado and across many of the different states is that um at the age of 11 they're they're bringing the age of consent down to 11 for vaccines my friends, I'm I'm just seeing danger, danger. Let's think about if they have the um, vaccine mandated for kids under the age of five. What's to say if you send your kid to preschool uh, here in Colorado, there's this push for um, government run preschool. You send them to preschool. You send them to uh, daycare. I mean, I see danger, danger that they could get vaccinated at that age without your permission. Dr. Jack, we lost you for just a little bit. So I was commenting on some of the things that you said, but I see danger, danger that kids in government run preschool daycares that they they might be given the jab without the parents um, permission. And again, go ahead. It's worse than that, Kim, because what I'm saying is once they mandate it for five and under, then they have a precedent to mandate that vaccine regardless of school status, regardless of age. 
They could vaccinate one-year-olds. They could vaccinate one-day-old infants against COVID. It's, if it's mandated, the parents have no say. That's the point. It's not related to some sanction. It's not related to whether the child is going to work. The point is, if the FDA approves it for children that age and under, then some of the states are going to pass mandates for this specifically based on five and under. You're five and under. Now we're going to mandate it for you. So the, the, the point is that then they would turn that mandate into, oh, well, now we have a precedent and we're going to vaccinate everyone, even if you're homeschooling, for all the pediatric vaccines. That's what they want. There's no, oh there's no other logical reason for them to mandate a vaccine that doesn't work on these kids. Boy. So now one other thing, Jack, as you probably have seen, that there is a shortage on baby formula. Because yeah. my the, my understanding is the FDA came out and said that uh, that there was some formula that was tainted. One child died, and that's tragic. First of all, I'm not sure if I believe that. But, my gosh, they haven't really cared. If you look at the VAERS report on vaccine injuries over there, they, they haven't really done anything on that. I'm not, sh- I'm not convinced the FDA really cares about us because here are parents across the world that now have a shortage of baby formula because of public policy. What's your thoughts on that, Dr. Jack? Well, I'm not a medical doctor. I certainly uh, am a dad, and, and I, I can say, listen, person to person, uh, mothers can uh, reactivate lactation if you didn't if you didn't breastfeed. It's not easy, but it can be done. The second thing is that Dr. Chris Axley over in the UK, who lost his job at Keele University for daring to make public his data that showed that aluminum in kids with autism, uh, in the brains of kids with autism, is off the charts. Aluminum in people with Alzheimer's is off the charts in the brain. Uh, he dared to say that. And after pharmaceutical companies gave Keele University a big endowment, he, he and his people, I think he had four or five people in his lab, were canned. Um, he has for years been pointing out that um, baby formula still has too much aluminum. Why, why would they put aluminum in baby formula? It doesn't make any sense to put aluminum in baby formula. It's a neurotoxin. It causes chronic microglial activation in the brain. It is much higher in kids with autism. And so I would say, good, more people are going to find ways to feed their children, their their infants in particular, in ways that might give them a respite from exposure to the toxins in the food. Now, people will say, I use organic, but you still have to check the label for aluminum. Aluminum is a neurotoxin. And the more women that breastfeed, the more dads that help moms by getting up in the middle of the night and giving the, you know, the refrigerated breast milk, the better for our kids' brains. That's what I would say. But you're right about the fact that they're, they're, they have other agendas. They're doing other things. Um, specifically with children's health, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, the, 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 the myth of the broken supply chain, you know, every year, you know this, we subsidize farmers not to grow crops. So how can there be a, a pending food shortage in the United States? How in the world can that possibly be? Any red-blooded American farmer is going to say, I'm going to grow food because I hear that there's a shortage and people are growing food out of their ears and their homes and in their backyards. And this is really an important thing to do. And if you don't have a seed bank, get one because Bill Gates is going to own all the IP and all the seeds. This is his goal. So make your own seed bank, propagate your own plants, share your seeds with other people. You know, we have to have these heirloom plants that Bill Gates doesn't own. 
And the more we grow our own food, the fewer pesticides we have. So to me, in terms of people that are aware and awake and willing to put the, the sweat equity into their own health and their own diet, this is good news. But okay. it's bad news for the people that can't do that. Well, uh, gosh, <laughs> kind of speechless on this. Let's go to break. I'm talking with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. Uh, he is the founder for the Institute of Pure and Applied Knowledge. You can find his writings at Substack under Popular Rationalism. They're a great partner of the show. Uh, before we do that, though, um, a nonprofit that I am supporting, and as you know, um, my other show is America's Veteran Stories. And um, the U.S. MC Memorial Foundation is refurbishing or remodeling the Marine Memorial out in Golden at 6th and Colfax. And in order to do that, uh, they're raising money, obviously, and they're selling bricks for these different walkways. And there's certainly the walkways for Marines, but also for other, there's one for other branches of service as well. Father's Day is coming up. This is a great way to uh, honor your father or a loved one. And uh, so buy a brick or just donate. And you can do that at usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We'll be right back with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. On the line with me is Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. You can be very informed if you um, follow him at, on Substack at Popular Rationalism. He's also the founder for the Institute of Pure and Applied Knowledge. And I have a question I want to talk to you about um, possible um, the WHO taking over our U.S. healthcare system. Before we do that, though, Jack, you are doing something amazing, and that is all of these courses that you are putting together with uh, really impressive um, professors to, to help people be informed. So tell us what's going on there. Right. So IPAC-EDU is the education arm of what I do. IPAC is the research end of it. So we have a research foundation, and we have a, a, a for-profit education online live courses. We're building community. People can take the vaccine course with Andre Angel and Tony. They can learn how to use a spreadsheet. They can learn how to analyze data with biostatistics. We have a constitutional law summer boot camp this summer. Uh, we have a medical ethics and human rights boot camp this summer. Uh, we, we, what we're doing is we, we, we read materials together and then we discuss them in those boot camps. The other courses are lecture-based. I'm teaching a course in environmental toxicology in the fall. 
15, 16 lectures on the poisons that are in our environment because global warming and climate change gets all of the attention. You need to know where your toxins are and how to avoid them. Um, I have 107 students in my biology of immunology class right now. If you like immunology and you want to learn what happens when pathogens and other things get into our body, how our immune system reacts and how we, how to, uh, uh, how to, uh, what's those core causes, the root causes of autoimmune disease and those kinds of things. So thanks for bringing that up. This is, this is the most successful thing I've ever done. I've, I'm having the most fun. We teach fundamental knowledge, biology one and biology two. If you're not ready for immunology, take the fundamentals courses. So we, we're teaching the public logic, science, reason. We're going into um, tactic and strategy, when it, and we're going into law. Uh, uh, we have a course, How Not to Be Fooled, by Dr. Mark McDonald, so you can get away from the mass hysteria and how to how not to uh, be fooled, the the, the, um, the mass psychosis phenomenon. Uh, yeah, so we're doing it, and uh, each lecture turns out to be about $12 each. It's, uh, each course is between $160 and $180. And your last ad mentioned veterans. We have a coupon for vets. If you check out uh, VET10 that, that, and use, use that coupon at, at checkout for any of these courses, you get, uh, you get a percentage off there. So, yeah, this is really the mission of my life, to educate the public and, and bring profoundly correct you know, science-based from the literature, primary literature, what's really happening in science, what do we really know, and we don't have to answer to a curriculum committee. We don't give certificates. We don't give uh, degrees. People are there for the right reason. They want to know. And in this world, we kind of have an obligation to know what the technocrats are, what wool they're going to pull over our eyes. And so the better educated you are, the better able you, you, you are to avoid uh, what's to come and fight back. And you can get that information. It's at ipac-edu.org. That's ipac-edu.org. The course listings are there. They're affordable. I love this. Uh, the, you say an educated public is an empowered public. Uh, so um, just love what you're doing, Dr. Jack, on that. So we've probably got maybe seven or eight minutes. Uh, Rosemary, one of our listeners, had sent this to me and said, have I heard anything about this uh, U.N. plan that's going to be at a meeting May 22 through May 28 uh, to take over the U.S. health care plan, give up our sovereignty on our health care plan? Have you heard anything about this, uh, Dr. Jack? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Peter Bregan, M.D., and Ginger Ross Bregan on America Out Loud wrote this beautiful article, Biden Handing Over U.S. Sovereignty to the World Health Organization. And I want to put the pieces of the puzzle here. The threat that exists here is specifically an amendment, an edit. It's a red line edit on the existing World Health Organization um, uh, framework, specifically to say, uh, no, the World Health Organization does not have to check with sovereign nations before they enact public health policy uh, in their lands, on their people. Well, what does that mean? It means that the, the, the lead of the, health organization, the World Health Organization, his name's Tedros, he can, with the sign of a pen, declare that there's a health emergency in the United States that the World Health Organization has legal, binding legal authority to enact action against. Now, this is a huge threat to sovereignty. It's totally unconstitutional. But, you know, uh, George W. Bush signed in the 1990s, uh, I think it was uh, 
there was a topic with the UN that he signed over. Now that's that's still pending, but other presidents, I'm saying, have 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 signed paperwork without checking with Congress first. So technically speaking, but there is something of a precedent, although it's not binding. Um, that this president should not be speaking for all of America on these issues without checking with Congress. Now, the, the problem is so we, we really don't understand how far this goes. This is not just about, okay, yes, now they're going to be able to vaccinate everyone, although that is certainly, they want universal health care. That's in the World Health Organization's DMA and is also specifically on the U.S. White House. It was one of the first things that... Um, Biden did was to to realign or, or re reengage is the is the word is the terminology on the White House with the World Health Organization. Now, if this amendment passes and almost certainly will, then the World Health Organization has more authority on any state in the United States than the CDC, because they all they have to do is declare a health emergency. Now. What does that mean? Forget about vaccines for a moment. I want to. I want every earlier in your today. You said you had a segment on health, mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Met, we talked about ability. Health, yeah. The way that China mm-hmm. controls their population. Why do? Why does? Why do the Chinese people subject themselves and submit to the authority of the CCP? The reason why is because they have mental health laws in the CCP that make it illegal for anyone to put another person's mental health at risk. So now it becomes a, a war of semantics. What do you mean by mental health? Well, what if you medicalize or pathologize beliefs and political positions, which is exactly what the CCP does. So if the World Health Organization says that you, you have a mental health crisis because you have people that think that they should still own guns. Imagine these kinds of issues, right? Imagine if somebody says, okay, well, the World Health Organization has to come into the United States, right, and do something counter to our interests because the World Health Organization believes that we have a mental health crisis that, that's based on beliefs, that's based on our understanding of liberties and freedoms. Uh, this is very dangerous. This is exactly how um, totalitarian reach of the World Economic Forum. You know, the World Economic Forum could take the language, the good and, and, and benign language of the economics of economics and say, well, these are non-rational consumers. These are irrational consumers. Now all they have to do is label that uh, the DSM-5, a mental health disorder. You're not consuming the right products. You're not choosing the right products. You, you know, you're, you're spending your money in an irrational way. That's a mental health issue. Once we get on this slippery slope, we know that pharma is really driving all of this with all of their psychotropic medicines. So, they say the Chinese papers, there's a paper that I sent to you, Jill, to take a look at in the Asian Journal of Psychiatry. I have nothing against Asians. I didn't name the journal. I'm just using the word, okay? The first mental health law in China specifically states, uh, this is written by MDs talking about laws, about the prevention of mental disorders and that oh, individuals boy. can be held accountable for giving someone else a mental disorder. Right? Oh my so gosh! The, the power of the CCP can intervene in your life and say that you are now a threat to this other person's mental well-being. Okay. And Dr. Jack, you, yeah, you were, you, know, you were referring to something that you sent over to Dr. Jill, who we've done shows together. We've got only about a minute and a half left. What can we do about this? 
Well, again, this is something that Congress has to deal with. Congress has to keep Biden in check on this 100 percent. Congress should preempt this by by sending it. They won't. But the, your your individual senator might create a caucus with others across the aisle to say that we need to stand for American sovereignty. We need a pro-American sovereignty memo to the president of the United States from Congress that says that states don't do this. And then what happens is if he does it anyway, then we have to be prepared for the legal fight. So under the under the auspices of the next breakout, the next epidemic, the next pandemic, that's when they're going to test their authority. And that has to be fought in, in, in courts of law. And we have to win it. The problem is that that's scattered politically. If you get a conservative judge, if you get a, a liberal judge, you're going to get get different outcomes. So those individual states that want to cede and join the World Health Organization on this issue, that's up to them. This is the vaccinations of states' rights issue, but mental health is not. Mental health is not a public health issue. This is what drugs are you going to be forced to take before you can go to school, before you can show up at work. This is all about the psychotropic meds. I have a chapter on this in my book, Cures Versus Profits, about ADHD in particular. It's uh, ADHD, it's their mind, not yours. I am 100% okay. against using psychotropic meds. Okay. Hey, Dr. Jack, uh, conversation's gone way too quickly. We are out of time. But um, I've, I've got some ideas uh, that I want to talk with you about on getting more information out. And that, again, thank you, Dr. Jack. I so appreciate it. Thank you, Jack. And that was Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. You can find him at uh, Substack under Popular Rationalism. And sign up for his courses at IPAC. Uh, .edu, or not edu, hyphen edu.org. Uh, our quote for the end of this show is from uh, uh, Amyal, and this is what he said. He said, civilization is first of all a moral thing. Without truth, respect for duty, love of neighbor, and virtue, everything is destroyed. The morality of a society is alone the basis of civilization. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. I just can't believe what is happening to uh, public education. The latest in politics and world affairs. We are now using policy that if you don't affirm something, that they use policy then to take away your businesses. Today's current opinions and ideas. Kids are just being bombarded with darkness. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. You know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Woo-woo, indeed, it is hump day, and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. It's also Wings Day over at Hooters Restaurants, and uh, be sure you can buy 20 wings and get 10 for free. And uh, the girls are coming over tonight, and we're going to be having some of those great lemon rub smoked crispy wings. Uh, happy Wednesday to you, Producer Steve. Uh, yes, a wonderful Wednesday, as they say. Mm. <laughs> for sure. It's a wonderful day to be in this fight. I so thank each and every one of you for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. We are at a historical time. We are in the third founding of our American Republic. And um, that's why we are engaged in this battle of ideas. 
and there is a great awakening. We are seeing people that are understanding that this uh, great American idea is under assault. We do the show so that you can get your brain around these issues. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. So my friends today, strive for excellence, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. And I get to work with an amazing team, and that is producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. And uh, it's uh, it's just an honor to get to work with such great people like you, producer Steve. Oh, shucks. <laughs> uh, check out our website. That's KimMunson.com, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. Uh, we very seldom send more than one thing out, and that is on Sundays. That is our weekly newsletter. And uh, uh, you'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests, so you're no, you'll know what's happening, as well as our, our most recent essays, our most recent podcasts. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And I thank all of you who support us. We are an independent voice as we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. My friends, remember, it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, property, freedom, or livelihood via force. Whether with a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, a government-induced inflation, or this, uh, the global elites and their agenda for basically um, taking away our freedoms. This last hour, that when we talked with Dr. James Lyons Weiler, and the last, the last thing about giving up our sovereignty to the World Health Organization, I, I I'm, I'm still can't quite believe what we just heard steve does who and i always love it i mean i get a i'm I'm this sick sense of humor i guess but every time you you somebody spits out the word who i said are you talking about the the health organization or the musical group but in this case we're talking about the world health organization now do they fall under the umbrella of uh oh the, The 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 u.n I know they're connected. That, that's a good question. I don't know exactly what that, you know, what that uh, looks like. We well, should probably find that out. But they're they're working very closely together, yeah. and one of the their agendas is to 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 take down America, to take away the sovereignty of America. And this meeting uh, that they're going to have, I guess, the twenty second of May, um, they may have something in there. And, and the, the thing about it is he mentioned that George, uh, I think, was it George W. Bush had signed something back when he was president. This has been on both sides of the aisle. And when I say that we have reached so far across the aisle as Republicans that sometimes we're standing on the other side of the aisle to even remotely sign anything that would um, give away the sovereignty of the United States of America is unbelievable and so it's been uh, on both sides of the aisle so that's why these elections are so important my friends uh who we elect we want to make sure that they are people that love the american idea that love the american people when america is strong the world is prospering and flourishing if america is weak if if we go down where do people go for freedom and liberty and uh, as uh, Reagan said, we are that shining city on the hill. So, okay, several things. I wanted to get to our quote for today, and this is by <clears throat> Henri Frédéric Amiel. 
and he was born in 1821. He died in 1881. He was a Swiss critic. He was unsuccessful and unnoticed during his life. But the posthumous publication of his journal in time in 1883 aroused great interest. It's a document of scrupulous self-observation. He said, it is not what he has, nor even what he does, which directly expresses the worth of a man, but what he is. Self-observation, sadly lacking in the U.S. today. Yeah, that it is. Uh, quickly, before we get over here, I want to talk with Lauren Levy. Uh, again, a great sponsor of the show. He's with Polygon Financial Group, a specialist in the mortgage arena, and find out what's happening with the Fed and interest rates, inflation, and all that. But, and we talked about this before. I talked with Dr. Jack in the last segment, and I saw the danger, danger of this. My gosh, Steve, after we are kicking around this conversation about the World Health Organization taking over the U.S. health uh, industry, and, and you'll need to listen to that last hour, this is even scarier. And this is the bill of the day, and it has bipartisan support. Uh, representatives Mary Young and Rod Pelton, and she's a Democrat, Rod Pelton, who's a Republican. And I, I've met Rod, and I know I know he cares deeply about his constituents and Senators Pete Lee. But it's House Bill 22-1278, Behavioral Health Administration. We've had a bunch of uh, behavioral and mental health pieces of legislation that have been passed bipartisan. And that is not the proper role of government, first of all. And when looking at trying to put a Band-Aid on something that is, quote-unquote, a problem here with government, uh, the long-term consequences can be significant. And as I mentioned earlier, the we should not be – it's not the proper role of government to be involved in our behavioral health, our mental health. And uh, I would suffice it to say that we're headed to uh, a lot of danger, danger when that is the case. Uh, so um, do we have uh, Lauren on yet? Yes, uh, he, Steve. He is okay. here waiting in the wings. Okay. Lord Levy uh, is a great sponsor of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veterans Stories. He's been a longtime sponsor. And he's a specialist in the mortgage arena. And he works with a lot of different companies. Uh, which is important in this crazy market that's going on. I know it, it can be daunting, but there's a lot of creativity and innovation in that market. Lauren Levy, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Kim. Uh, first of all, I just mentioned creativity and innovation. Uh, and it's because of public policy that we're having this high inflation. Uh, there's been so much money that's been printed. Um, we'd had artificially low interest rates and I know Lauren that you were able to help people that was there was opportunity in that um, mm-hmm. where and, and now um, it's requiring even more creativity and innovation as we look at people trying to buy homes because interest rates have gone up what are you seeing from the Fed yeah we're seeing you speak of creativity we're seeing things like adjustable rate mortgages coming back you know in a, in a stronger way people that can lock in a rate instead of a 30-year fix maybe only for five or seven or ten years that are um, okay with that to try to get a lower payment to try to still be able to buy a home in this market. Um, rates were starting to, you know, the ten-year note was pulling back to about the 2.9 range just yesterday, so things were looking up a little bit, and then we just got the reading of the uh, April inflation number that was higher. It was like 8.3, which was the highest it's been in a while, and that sent the ten-year note back up over 3%, so we're still in this inflationary environment where People are looking for creativity or, you know, looking for a way to, to get a payment that they can manage. 
So, Lauren, if people do get an adjustable rate mortgage, that, I mean, there is risk in it because there's some unknowns out there in the, the future. So how do you address that? Yeah, so that's that's the conversation to have. You're absolutely right, Kim, is, uh, you know, whether it be for five or seven or ten years, your rate is locked in for that long and nothing can happen. So it's not too daunting or scary, but you don't know where it'll, where rates will be in the end of that period. Now, they do have what's called a cap on them, which is typically 5% above the rate you start at. So if you start at 4%, you know you won't go higher than 9 ever, you know, even if rates are 18% by the time we get there. But um, so that is some relief. They're not as dangerous as some of the arms that were available uh, in back in 08 and 07. Those were called subprime arms, which had different features. These ones aren't as scary. They're just there to help people get a lower payment uh, than they would on a 30-year fixed. And they just weren't popular because rates were so low, and now they're regaining popularity again. Okay. And why um, – so what if interest rates are lower at the end of the, the term? Uh, what do people yep. do then? They just move down automatically with them. So if rates are lower, if you have a you know a 4.5% five-year arm, and then at the end of five years, rates are – four or three and a half year loan will just automatically adjust lower. Okay. It'll adjust okay. once a year, either higher or lower for better or worse. Well, and Lord, that's a great thing about America is when things change, uh, initially, I have this knot in my stomach about interest rates and inflation, but Americans are cre- creative, they're innovative, and you're seeing that in your industry. What's uh, kind of the final thought you'd like to leave with listeners today? I always like to ask you your final thought, Lauren Levy. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm fine. I was reading a kind of a scary article yesterday about household debt in America, and it's reached like a high again. It was like $17 trillion, and that, that's not just all. That's car loans. That's uh, house mortgages. But a lot of it is credit cards. And uh, so I, I urge people that while rates seem high, you know, somewhere in the 5% range, 55 even, if you're dealing with problems, um, especially if we may head into a recession, and you've got a credit card debt that's, you know, 13 14 15%, don't stay mired in, the, in misery of trying to maybe make those payments. We still have more home equity than we've ever had, and you can still help yourself out on an overall monthly basis by using some of that equity to get yourself in a better position on on monthly payment-wise. And I would urge everyone to take a look at that and call if they need. Okay. What's your phone number, Lauren Levy? Uh, 303-880-8881. That's Lauren Levy. He's the pro to have on your side of the table when you're looking at your mortgages and uh, your finances there. So 303-880-8881. Thanks, Lauren. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you, Kim. And we'll be right back. We're going to be talking with Dr. Victor Davis Hansen about the reset of the Great Reset. Stay tuned. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. 
All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Franktown Firearms owns their name and their word. They never compromise on their beliefs. They never go back on a promise, and they run their gun range the same way. Family-operated and family-friendly, Franktown Firearms doesn't answer to a corporate office. For multiple generations in business on the same property, they believe in the power of a handshake. Their team has fought to keep their range completely independent so they can go to sleep at night knowing they did it their way. Nobody would call this crew politically correct, but they treat their clients of all ages with respect and decency. They know you work hard for your money, too, so they count it an honor when you spend it with them. Stop in today and mention KLZ to get half off the initiation fee on any membership type and get access to the range after hours. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity as we look at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And I am so excited to have on the line with me Dr. Victor Davis Hansen. And although he needs no introduction, I'll tell you a little bit about him. He's a distinguished fellow at the Center for American Greatness. He's a classicist and historian at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University and the author of The Second World War how the first global conflict was fought and won from basic books and uh, many other books as well. So, Dr. Vic, uh, Victor Davis Hansen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, you re- recently have written a piece uh, which is titled The Reset of the Great Reset. And uh, Dr. Hansen, I had uh, pulled this out several years ago, and it was a piece from the World Economic Forum. It was dated November 12, 2016, and it was called Eight Predictions for the World in 2030. And uh, it was rather remarkable when I first read this, because I thought, how can this be accomplished? But what we've seen since uh, the uh, Biden has uh, occupied the office of president that we now have hyperinflation, we have war, um, people are hurting uh, as they fill up their cars at the gas pump, uh, shortages. It's just rather remarkable what's happened in the last 16 months. We've gone from build back better to shortages, war, and, and uh, hyperinflation. So what's your thoughts about this, Dr. Hansen? Well, you know, they were not the result really of a war or a natural disaster. They were all self-induced. And by that, I mean, if we had this conversation, as you said, 16 months ago, we would say, finally, the border was secure. And we would say, we're the world's largest producer of natural gas and oil, and we're geared to go from 13 to 16 million barrels of oil a day. And we would probably say that Vladimir Putin is not going to move into Ukraine because we've sold, you know, Ukraine offensive weapons. He's afraid of the unpredictability of Donald Trump. Uh, I think we could have also said that inflation, uh, even though we were coming out of COVID due to the vaccinations, inflation was about 2%. 
about the rate of interest rate. So we were in a pretty steady, and we were getting a lot of unemployment was going down. So what I'm getting at is all of these problems were self-created. They were not the result of natural resources or oil didn't run out. Suddenly, you know, there wasn't a war in Mexico or something. They were deliberately... They were deliberate. They were deliberately activated, and that was because they fit an ideological agenda, and that agenda was to go green as quickly as possible without any consideration of the cost or the effect on the middle class, to alter the demography of the United States and allow a lot of very poor people who needed a lot of federal assistance and would repay that assistance uh, with fealty at the future polls and then uh, we obsessed over race, and we decided that the content of our character didn't matter. It was the color of our skin, and we were going to, across the board, emphasize that fact. And then these legal theories, critical legal theory, critical uh, racial theory, modern, ter- modern monetary theory, where we thought we could print money and bring prosperity. And so we printed a lot of money and we discouraged labor participation by these COVID supplements. And we had a natural demand, pent up demand after the lockdowns ended. So it was a perfect storm that we just fed consumer demand with funny money and then there wasn't enough supply and we've got this terrible inflation, we cut back on oil. So it was all self-created for ideological concerns. Well, and so there's this talk that there's going to be this red wave uh, come November in the November elections. And um, Dr. Hansen, I'm, I'm not as confident about that. If we, if we had, had it just on policy, the American people uh, just going to the, the ballot box to vote on this, it would make sense that there will be a big red wave. But my concern is, is once power is acquired by these politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties, they're not going to give it up easily, Dr. Hansen. No, and you can see that, that these, they know that their policies are very unpopular. They, each of the issues of the border or foreign policy or inflation or oil or gas, or the, they're not achieving 50 percent from the poll and joe biden himself he's making things work he's not popular as a person as a leader and yet as ideologues they would rather be politically correct and unpopular than than pragmatic and popular so they're not going to change so how what are they how are they going to get out of this dilemma where all of the polls show that they're going to take a big hit i think one of the things they're trying to do is create almost bi-weekly a new crisis. Vladimir Putin's price hikes, he caused it. We didn't. The Ukrainian war was because of Donald Trump, or he's pro-Putin, or January 6th commission is going to issue a new blockbuster, walls are closing in, finding, or Roe versus Wade, we've got to go out there and mob the homes of Supreme Court justices that could be swayed. So that's what we're witnessing right now some type of distraction or hysteria that will take people's mind off the issues because the issues lose for the Democrats. And then the other idea is that they think, well, we had a formula in 2020 of massive mail-in balloting, the error rate of early voting and mail-in balloting going very much lower, even though more ballots were cast, not on election day. 
So maybe we can get more Zuckerberg money or more Silicon Valley money and flood the zone and turn the midterms into mostly a early voting or mail-in ballot election. And maybe we can repeat um, some of the success we had in 2020. So these are, that's their strategy, but I don't know if it's going to work. I think people have had it up to here because the two things people care about are safety and prices, inflation. And they know it's not safe any longer to go into a major American city. It just isn't. And they understand that they're paying not 4 or 6 or 7 or 8% more uh, than last year or the year before. They're looking at the stuff of life. They're looking at food, which is up 20%. They're looking at gasoline, that's up 60 70%. They're looking at housing, rents, housing prices that have doubled, in some cases tripled in hot markets. They're looking at building materials. You know, if you get a spool of Romex that was $30 three years ago, it's $180. Plywood that used to be $8 is $70. But these are things they've never imagined. Nobody in America has ever been told you may not be able to buy baby formula. You may not be able to afford meat. You may not, in the future, be able to buy simple repair materials for your home. This is all new, and they're very upset about it. And all they get from the administration is, might have to have another lockdown in the fall, 100 million cases of COVID, might have to have, you know, a national pro-abortion law, that kind of stuff. And that's not going to do it. Well, I... uh... I, I'm concerned that, um, just as you mentioned regarding the election and all these mail-in, uh, all this mail-in voting, and and you know, right after the election, we went to bed on election night thinking that Donald Trump had won, and then all of a sudden, all of these interesting things happened, and it changed. Um, supposedly the results of the election. And then there were people on both sides of the aisle that said uh, re- anybody that was questioning whether or not there was any election manipulation, uh, nothing to see here, move along, nothing to see here, move along. But Dr. Hansen, if if a crime is committed, it takes a while to build a case. And there were those that said that there's no proof, but the American people have been very diligent and starting to peel back the onion on what happened during the 2020 election. And, of course, Dinesh D'Souza just had his movie come out, 2,000 Mules. So what's your comments on that, Dr. Hansen? My comments is that in March and April of 2020, there was a systematic effort to go into about nine states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, especially places like Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia, and alter the voting laws by either bureaucratic edict or court decision. And by that I meant maybe if you have a mail-in ballot, you only need one part of your name, not the last name or not the first name. Maybe your address can be incorrect. Maybe it can be the mail-in ballot can be filed after the election, midnight of the election day. And so the result of all of those changes, as well as things that were irregular, was that you went from a normal of about 40 million mail-in ballots, as we saw in 2016. And that wasn't normal in 2016. That was an effort by the Democratic Party to really gen it up. But 
in 2020, we had 101 mail-in ballots. That was about 63 to 65% of all the ballots cast. You would have expected the error rate, that is the rejection rate, to have gone way up. In most states, uh, the average rejection rate, when you had 30, 40 million um, mail-in or early balloting in a, in a national election, was about four, three to five percent. It went down to 0.3 and 0.5 by a magnitude of 10. So what I'm getting at is that I think both sides of the aisle people agree that had we just used the normal auditing methods that we had in most other national elections, and maybe it should have been increased given the volume that was more than double we'd ever seen before, there would have been about 10 million ballots, according to their rules, that there being all of the registrars of both parties, there would have been about 10 million ballots that would have either come in too late, or they would have had improper uh, names, or they would have had improper addresses, or they would not have matched uh, people who were on the register road. And that would have rejected them. And that made a difference. And that's, well, what, people, cert- that's what people people can just be, they don't have to get into, was this computer wrong or right? Maybe that, as you say, that will come later. But that fact alone tells, I think, people that that election was not con- uh, conducted with the same scrutiny that past elections have been conducted. And I think the and left we, will admit it. They'll, they'll, they'll just say, well, it was because of COVID. But they admit right. that it was not normal. Not when you have $419 million put in by Mark Zuckerberg and three selected precincts to increase mail-in balloting and the collection of those ballots, etc. Dr. Hansen, let's go to break. Um, when we come back, I want to ask how we're going to get this turned around and a couple of other things. So I'm talking with Dr. Victor Davis Hansen, and we will be right back. Medical freedom and personal choice are both sacred to comprehensive, patient-first health care. At Roots Medical, our providers honor those rights diligently in every appointment. Located in Denver Tech Center, Roots Medical is a functional primary care clinic with specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Establishing care with us is just a text message away, 303-569-6794. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. 
And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. I am just thrilled to have on the line with me Dr. Victor Davis Hansen. Uh, you know him. He really needs <clears throat> no introduction. But um, he is a distinguished fellow. I'll give it to you. He's a distinguished fellow of the Center for American Greatness. He's a classicist and historian at the Hoover Institution at Stanford, the author of The Second World Wars, How the First Global Conflict Was Fought and Won. And uh, Dr. Victor Davis Hansen, we're talking about your uh, essay uh, regarding the reset of the Great Reset. And I agree with you. The American people are waking up. Um, I, I believe that this is probably the third founding of America. Of course, the first was the Revolutionary War. Then the second was the Civil War. I feel this is our third American founding. And I, I say to people all the time that you were made for this time in history. And we need to step into that. But my concern is, is those that have the ideology of the Great Reset are doing so much damage so fast that I'm concerned how we're going to get this turned around. What's your thoughts on that? Well, we have to be very practical. We're not going to get it turned around unless something that almost never happens in American history were to occur. That is, there would be such a huge backlash in the mid first midterm election that not only would they take they, being the Republicans, would take the House, but they would get 60 seats in the Senate. If that were to happen, then they could pass any law they wanted, and it would be veto-proof. And that's the only thing that will stop it. And even then, it wouldn't stop all of it, because Joe Biden would then resort to executive orders. They can slow it down, though. If they take the House and the Senate, even without a supermajority in the Senate, they can slow down the progress of what we're watching. But I think people need to realize the damage was considerable when people who watched that campaign and were very worried what they heard, these are people, moderate voters, independent voters, the never-Trump voters, there was more than enough information on that debate stage for a year of those Democratic primary candidates of what they wanted to do. They said that they wanted basically to open the border. They wanted blanket amnesties. They said they want Joe Biden said to a questioner in Maine that he wanted to stop all fossil fuels. They said that they believed in critical race theory. They said it in the, in the debates. They said that they wanted to cancel Keystone. They wanted to cancel Anwar. Beto O'Rourke said he wanted to go after people's guns, take them away, and depending on the category of gun. So I don't see anything they have done right now that they didn't warn they were going to do. And the reason that they got elected was two things. It was COVID and the fear of the pandemic and the lockdown and just the trauma of that whole crazy year. And then second, the media told people that Donald Trump tweets and his behavior and his crudity were such that uh, he was a danger to the republic. And people, enough people uh, made the election close enough that we're now arguing over the actual ballot, but the ballot counting. But I think it, it, it was a big problem on the Trump campaign when these ballot laws were questioned challenge in court, and they were always one way. It wasn't that people said, well, maybe we need more voter IDs, or maybe we need more 
uh, people watching at the polls when we increased the mail-in balloting by 60 million ballots. It was always, let's be laxer, let's give more time, let's have less uh, certification of names or prior registrations, or let's have one-day registration, or let's have ballot harvesting. And that was not that was not addressed to. I don't know what happened on the Republican side, because you expect it from the left. And... A lot of the polls showed very clearly early on that it was going to be a very close race. And you would expect the Republicans would have been very vigilant to what would be predictable on the part of the left. And they didn't. They let that go. Or they didn't publicize it. Or they were not prepared to audit and censor it. So they got completely surprised on Election Day when 102 million people voted. And especially when, you know... Seven to ten million of those ballots would have been thrown out if they had the laws had just stayed on the books as they were in 2019 and 18. Well, clearly that would have uh, changed the election significantly with those number of of votes. I I really think the that the grassroots people, everyday Americans, are activating. Uh, there are so many different groups where people are getting together and they're talking about these issues and taking action. Uh, I was a delegate down to the state GOP assembly um, uh, here in Colorado, and the number of people that were first-time delegates uh, was was amazing, and it was a, it was a very robust um, uh, assembly as well, Dr. Hansen, and a lot of different things happened there, but the grassroots really showed up uh, to that particular assembly. So the next question I want to ask, though, is now that people are paying attention, and there's always been this... Uh, kind of bipartisan reach across the aisle that looks good that you know america comes to consensus on things but what has happened is many republicans have reached so far across the aisle that they're now standing on the other side of the aisle and so we need to really know what these candidates stand for as we go to the ballot box dr hansen yeah i think that's a really good point and i think that um I think there's a, a large minority, not a large, but a minority in the Republican Party that looks at what happened to the Republic. It's turned into a populist, middle-class party. It's attracting record numbers of Latinos, African-American black, um, males. Uh, Asians are coming back to the party. It's stressing middle-class concerns, trade, inflation, jobs. Uh, skepticism of, you know, overseas optional large land engagements of the, that we saw uh, 10 years ago in Afghanistan and Iraq. And that is not popular with the Bush, McCain, Romney wing and the never Trump wing of the Republican Party. And so that's something that is in my lifetime I've never quite seen before because even though that's only 8 to 10 percent of the party, they, the Bill Crystal, the George Wills, um, the David Thumbs, the Bulwark, the Dispatch, the Jonah Goldberg, all of these people have traditionally operated with enormous influence in the media, on Fox News, uh, op-eds, and yet no president delivered more of their issues than Donald Trump did. I mean, you talk about sanctity of life, Second Amendment, uh, deregulation, energy development, personal freedom, everything they had told us was essential, he brought. And yet 
that wing has not just opposed him, they, they're fanatically um, on the other side. In fact, many of them are more fanatically left-wing now than Democrats themselves. And a lot of independents, I think, were influenced by some of them, some of the magazines. And I think now what's happening is people across the spectrum are saying, I'm not going to listen to those guys anymore. I can't afford to live. I can't afford rent. This, this is not political anymore. This is existential. If you can't find baby formula or you can't fill up your long-haul truck at $7 a gallon here in California for diesel fuel, then that's something that you can't continue to exist. And so I think the Republicans now are poised to get record numbers of people, especially Mexican-American people here in California. I'd say that 50 to 60 percent of them are going to vote non-democratic. They're so angry. And the storming of the Catholic churches in Los Angeles the other day, it's just another nail in the left-wing coffin. So we I think we're looking at a historic reset. And I think the Democrats just didn't believe it, and now they believe it. And it's going to be very dangerous because in the next four or five months, they are trapped. They're sort of tied on railroad tracks by their own ideological rope, and they can't get out. And they see this locomotive called the midterm election coming right at them. And they're hysterical now. And they're capable of a lot of really strange and dangerous things. But uh, one thing they're not capable of is, you know, saying, let's get a bipartisan group and build the wall. Just just build it and don't fight anymore. They're not capable of saying, you know what, we're in real trouble now. Let's open Anwar and finish Keystone, whatever your politics are. Let's just do it. Or they're going to say, you know what, we're all fighting over Roe versus Wade and abortion. Let's just let each state legislature deal with it. And people can vote their conscience and will abide. The red states will abide by the blue states and the blue states will abide. They, they're not capable of that. And they're going to get very angry when they see they've lost popular support. And they are now. I mean, never in my lifetime did I ever think that the Supreme Court justices would have their homes Stormed and people out in the streets screaming obscenities at them, and the press secretary of the United States would try to contextualize it and say, "Well, people are angry, and you know, as long as it's peaceful, that's in, that's just unheard of." And yet, so we're going to see things in the next four months we've never seen before, in my opinion, in our lifetime. It's because the Democratic Party does not exist anymore. It's been taken over by a radical group of people, and they will not stop. Well, and what do we everyday people do about this uh, over the next? We've got a couple of minutes left. What should we be doing? I think everybody should just for take a deep breath and say, yes, I want to uh, support this cause and I want to do this. But everybody needs to get out and vote. I know a lot of people are busy and all that. They need to get out and vote, and they need to get every member of their family and every friend to vote. And they need to vote as if this is the vote, the last vote they have to stop this. And if they do that and they give send a message, well, not just it won't help that they take the House by 10 seats. They have to take the House by 50 seats, 60 seats. It won't help to pick up two senators. They've got to pick up seven or eight senators. So everybody's got to get mobilized and go out to vote in a way that they never have before, because their future really depends on it to stop this madness. 
Well, most definitely. And uh, Dr. Hansen, how can people uh, find all of your essays and to get, you know, just follow you and get all kinds of information about you? Uh, it's just at victorhansen.com, V-I-C-T-O-R-H-A-N-S-O-N.com. Well, I so appreciate uh, you joining us. I always learn so much uh, from you. So thank you so much, Dr. Victor Davis Hansen. We're going to go to break and we'll be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Yeah, welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson, obviously. And uh, check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And give us a call. This is uh, our time where I want to hear what's on your radar. Phone number is 303-477-5600, 333 5600. Uh, there is so much information that I'm just thinking about because of this, these amazing guests that we have on the show. But I want to hear from you. 303-477-5600. Before we get to the calls, though, I uh, wanted to mention this nonprofit that I really support, and that is the USMC Memorial Foundation. And you can get more information at the USMCMemorialFoundation.org. But the Marine Memorial that was um, dedicated in 1977, it's located out at Colfax and 6th Avenue. It's time to remodel that. And Paula Sarles, she is a Vietnam-era um, Marine veteran, as well as she's a Gold Star wife, is really heading this up. And they're going to have these different walkways uh, where you can honor uh, your loved one, whether or not they're a Marine or there's uh, other branches of service as well. Uh, it's a great Father's Day gift, and uh, that's one of the ways they're going to be funding this. Also, you can just go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org to donate. That's where all the information is. So check that out at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And Producer Steve, um, there are so many issues that we have talked about today uh, of great concern. I want to hear from everybody. I wonder if everybody's just kind of shell-shocked, though. Well, I'm thinking as I just about fell out of my chair just now when uh, – uh, Victor Davis Hanson was describing what's coming down the road for the Democrats. And how do he say they're tied to the railroad track with their own ideological rope and they can see the train is coming in reference to the midterms and they're in a panic. And this is when they're probably at their most dangerous. And again, uh -huh. the, n there's no wonder that he is such a sought after speaker. 
Well, and it's great that he, he gave us 30 minutes here because I see, see him on television shows and, and, and he is able in a short period of time to very succinctly talk about those issues, but to actually have a longer interview with him. Uh, I really, I really learned a lot on that. So the midterm elections are right around the corner. And of course, we're coming into the primary season here in Colorado. And as I look at these candidates, I realize the grassroots candidates are really who we need to get out and support because, uh, and uh, we talked in the first hour about George W. Bush, who I had been back in that time in, in heated conversations because he was under attack many times. And, uh, and I really was really thinking of him as a Republican who cared about limited government, uh, lower taxes, Come to find out he's a globalist, and the fact that he actually signed some some agreement that uh, started us possibly down the road of giving up our sovereignty is of great concern. That is why we need to know who we're voting for, and this reaching across the aisle, where we're now standing on the other side of the aisle and attacking uh, our uh, Republicans. Our American Republican ideas is of great danger. Anne in Denver is on the line. Anne in Denver, what is on your radar? Well, first, can I ask, you were just talking about, who were you talking about? George W. Bush. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes, we have problems with the rhinos. Um, uh, I wanted to mention that uh, Dinesh D'Souza's film is going to be shown again um, tomorrow at the Rock Church in Castle Rock. I suspect it will be at 7 o'clock. I'm not sure the time. But for people who haven't seen it, it is just critical to see the absolute 100% evidence that the election was stolen by a solid plan by the uh, communists in the Democrat Party, which really run the Democrat Party. So I just urge people to, uh, you know, do your caravans down to uh, Castle Rock um, at the Rock Church on Thursday, uh, the 12th. That would be the 12th, isn't it? Uh, Yes, correct. Today's the 11th, because it's tomorrow. And uh, to call your congressman, as you spoke about in the first hour, you know, um, against having the uh, World Health Organization take over our um, um, vaccine um, mandates and essentially our whole health system. Right, the sovereignty of our health system and in Denver. And you're so well-informed. I appreciate you uh, letting us know about that. Again, Dinesh D'Souza's movie will be shown tomorrow night at the Rock Church down in Castle Rock. And uh, so uh, be sure and check that out. these it's almost unbelievable these issues that we are facing but uh, that's why we want to get get them out there in the open so we understand them mark and black forest welcome what's on your radar good morning kim i am shell-shocked i don't know how you do it this is hard on the heart um one thing i focused in uh this morning was when uh, victor davis hansen mentioned that um their ideologues and it is just so true you can see that they won't back off and do the rational thing, whether it's the midterms or um, or even this this war in in Ukraine. Um, they have no reverse gear. They just keep doubling down and tripling down, and um, regardless whether it you know hurts the, the Americans uh, or not, um, you know this all this funding of the Ukraine war. Uh, they keep escalating the war. 
Uh, they won't negotiate any peace. And um, all this all this money going to Ukraine is, is just going to make inflation even worse. So um, that's what I keyed, uh, keyed in on this morning with Victor Davis Hanson. Okay. Well, Mark and Black Forest, thank you so much. And I... This war in Ukraine, there is a war in Ukraine, yes, but I'm starting to question why all this money to go over and protect Ukraine's border when ours is, um, there's, it's so porous that people are just flooding across our border. And Ukraine has been a big laundromat for Democrats laundering money to get back to their campaigns here in America. So there's something that doesn't match up on this whole narrative. Yes, there is a war in Ukraine, but I don't think we're getting all the truth on that. So Mark in in Black Forest, thank you for your thoughts on that. Eric in Stapleton, what's on your radar? Hi, Courageous Kim. Uh Great American. (laughs) It's amazing that you had uh, Victor David Hansen on. Oh, my God. I got his autograph when uh, we were at the uh, uh, Centennial Institute last Uh year. Were you there? No, I wasn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody was there. It was so much fun. And Victor David. Everybody but me, huh? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But, uh, well, you can make up for it for this year. What is it, the third, fourth, and fifth with Jeff Hunt? Right, right. Do you know Jeff Hunt? I'm I'm sure. I do. I do. Yes, I do. The reason why I call you Great American is because I believe it was a fraud of steel from the great. Donald J. Trump uh, and the uh, the Democrats are working on this for four years as soon as he got into office. But my point is to you, courageous Kim, is when Georgia lost both senator races between Purdue and Ossoff, John Ossoff, and Warnock against Loeffner. There's no way if there wasn't uh, voter fraud, voter steal, that at least one of them senators on the Republican side should have won, Kim. And we need to uh, focus on that as well. Uh, Eric and Stapleton, yes, it it defies common sense what has happened. And, of course, there's been, where's the proof, where's the proof, where's the proof? Well, I think True the Vote and Dinesh D'Souza with his movie 2,000 Mules, they actually have the, each of those cell phones has has an ID, and so they will be able to track that. I was at an event on Monday night, and somebody said, in the next elections, don't you think that they'll just use, you know, I think they called it a burn phone, so it would not be their own phone, it would be one of those phones that uh, that they would use and then just throw away. And so that's probably m- what might happen in the future. But we have the proof. Courageous, and, Kim. Yes. Sorry to interrupt, but I know you got other I mean, people coming in that of importance. But I think Mark Zuckerberg, before that, because of the $400 million that he put into them drop boxes, I think he needs to go to jail. I'm serious as a heart attack. And on that note, God bless you. I'll let you go. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Eric and Stapleton. And uh, that's actually what uh, Molly Hemingway said in her book, Rigged. Uh, There's a chapter on Zuckerberg should go to jail. And the organization that got uh, the 
lion's share of that money was the Center for Tech and Civic Life. And there is a Republican candidate for Secretary of State, a woman who uh, uh, sat on that board. She's on temporary leave right now. And it's not Tina Peters. And so it's important to connect that dot for all of you. uh, Because I do really think these grassroots candidates, uh, they are how we are going to save America. And so we've got to get out there and support them. And uh, I would recommend that you go to my website and check out my essay on if you're getting a lot of flack, you must be over the target. It's a really important piece. But we're out of time. I so appreciate all of you. I appreciate the team I get to work with. Our quote for the end of the day is by Henri Frédéric Amiel. And this is what he said. He said, civilization is first of all a moral thing. Without truth, respect for duty, love of neighbor, and virtue, everything is destroyed. So the morality of a society is alone the basis of civilization. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. And I don't want no one to cry